0: Um, so here, let me just tell you the context of how we met them. And um, we, we have ministries uh, around the world. Uh, we have a church in Mexico. They were supposed to be here. Um, our pastors there. But uh, they got approved. The visas got approved. And then they got delayed to being shipped in the mail. Um, so that being said, we keep backing up their flights, hoping they'll come, hoping they'll come, hoping they'll come. Uh, so we're their last kind of ditch effort is Tuesday. Uh, we've flown them into Indianapolis and hopefully get their kids to camp, pick them up, and they might be here next Sunday. Uh, so Armando, we miss you. We wish you were here. Uh, so if, if you think about it, or, or could you please, could you intercede for them? Can you bless them that whatever they would have received this week or two, that they'll receive that in an impartation way through the Spirit and be just as blessed. I can't imagine the disappointment and the, 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 the sadness they might be going through right now um, after not traveling for seven years and having this whole plan and the flights booked, Airbnb's booked, everything and not making it. Um, but let me tell you how we met uh, the Augustans in St. Lucia. My wife and I, um, we were going to get divorced at three years. Uh, I, I was not saved. Uh, I was very selfish. Long story short, we I get saved, redeemed, radically uh, encounter Jesus. Our marriage gets restored. So at 10 years, at a 10-year anniversary, uh, we renewed our vows right here. A lot of you, or some of you at this point, uh, were here, and we wanted a second honeymoon. So I surprised Nicole with an entire wedding ceremony um, at like 4 o'clock or something. I brought her in the bedroom. All the dresses for all the girls and her were laid out that I had bought, uh, I think, on eBay. They all fit. So we had a photographer, we had a DJ, it was a great time. But then we wanted a second honeymoon because we know the Lord had redeemed something really special. So for us, 10 years was special. Prior to going to the trip, we like we like being in the culture when we travel. We like going to churches, we like going to local restaurants, things like that. So I simply I found uh, Kendall's church through Global Legacy, a, a network that we were part of each, and um, it was the only church on the island that was on that network. And uh, I just literally emailed him to see what time services were, and uh, he replied and he said, "I've never done this before, but though I feel the Lord asking you or telling me to ask you to speak. Would you be willing to speak?" Now, Nicole and I, uh, I, heavy ministry. Every time I go anywhere, I'm praying for people, uh, telling about the goodness of God. She's like, could we go on one trip and you just be with me? I'm asking you not to minister on our, on our second honeymoon. I'm like, I, I can't make that promise, but I will be in tune to you, okay? And uh, so anyway, we get the email, and Nicole, um, I, I, I show it to her. And I was like, when else would we be able to minister in the Caribbean? What do we do? She's like, let's do it. So um, he sends a driver. They pick us up. And it was, oh, I think an hour drive from Castries down to Sufre And the most windy, hilly thing you could imagine. Um, we had to stop. Nicole had to get air. She, we had to roll all the windows down so she wouldn't um, get car sick. It was, uh, it was pretty, pretty unexpected. Um, so anyway, we get there. And... Uh, you ever meet somebody, you know they're like a lifelong friend. You feel that instant connection. You feel that covenant. You, you feel that uh, friendship. You're like, wow, th- this is this is like all cylinders are hitting. And that's what we experienced there. They, they instantly not just became friends, they became family. And uh, we've had kids together. We've we've I think Nicole and I have been there eight times total. This is their second time here. And um, this is just a connection. So when we say uh, St. Lucia, we say our church in St. Lucia. And uh, it's an honor to have you all with us. It's an honor uh, to not just call you friends, but to call you family. And not just Kingdom Church family. Like, we really mean that. And uh, don't we look alike? Come on up, your brother. We're, we're like twins, aren't we? he said maybe the hairline i was thinking more the skin tone but i don't know uh but anyway we we love you guys and you're so dear to our hearts you're so special to us um we we don't look at you as like a missions project or anything like that you have blessed us way more than we've ever blessed you and um and we thank you for our connection our covenant and uh your blessing so every time we go there i preach I speak. I've never heard, except through online, Kendall speak. I've never been sitting under him while he spoke in person. So today we, we had set aside the service for Armando to really focus on leading worship and helping with worship and Kendall to speak. And we were just handing the service over to them essentially. Uh, so it is an honor. I can't wait. I've got my physical Bible ready. I'm going to take notes. And uh, But thank you. We, we bless you and we thank you for being here. So one more hand. Love you. Have the power.
1: Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Are we there? We're not there anymore. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Good, 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 good morning. Bonjour. Sakafet. All right. We speak a French Creole um, on Ireland, and Sakafet simply means what's up. Are you all right? <laughs> Amen. It's, it's, it's an unqualified privilege uh, to be here um, and to have the opportunity to share and to speak and, and to be in your presence. Um, Aaron gave a little part of the journey, the story, and... Um, he said something um, that they're more blessed by us, but that's not true. Uh, we have been far more blessed uh, to know Aaron and Nicole and this church. You've invested in us um, emotionally, relationally, uh, spiritually, and financially. Um, we, we have grown because of the connection and sometimes we may not speak for months, but when we speak again, it's like we never stop speaking. You know that kind of thing. Uh, and we, we, we have been exceedingly blessed uh, to know you, um, uh, Aaron and the family and this church. So thank you. I, I don't think I can overestimate our gratitude and our thanks for having connected, the Lord bringing us together. so could you put your hands together for yourself, for being such good family? Really, 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 really good. Um, I'm here with my family. Uh, well, my wife had to take the little ones to um, wake them up first because it's so cold that they just crashed. For us, this is cold. I'm so glad I walked with this. All right. My, my twin teenagers, they're at the front. They wouldn't like me to do this, but could you please stand and say <laughs> 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 Amen, Amen. Sakafett. <laughs> Amen. Um yeah, time wise, do we have a clock? No. All, no. No. all right. All right. Aaron promised me more time than that. So, so don't blame me, don't blame me if we go beyond normal time, amen. Um, I could say so many things about the relationship, but let's get to this. Um, and I hope you can understand my accent, accident, we good? All right, good. I tried to, to put a little American that makes, hey, how are you doing? Muscle guy at the back. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Good to see you. Amen. It's good to see you still carrying it for the kingdom. Amen. Yeah, I, I pray this uh, word would be a blessing to you. Um, and I believe the Lord would have me share this with you, not only because it's um, one of the messages that I have been journeying with for, for many years but because I believe that you, this particular house, Upper Room, Ohio, you have the, the spiritual resource, the um, kingdom capacity to be able to, to flesh it out and to work it out. And maybe even better than my own home local church is able to do at this time because I really do believe that uh, there is a level of maturity, experience, um, know-how that you carry that would help um, further, and maybe you're already walking in what I'm going to share, but I think that there is a call, there is a um, calling on this house to really um, represent the kingdom and the Lord in this, in this manner. So, trust that it will be a blessing. If I say anything out of line, Pastor Aaron would correct it after, afterwards. <laughs> Amen. Father, thank you for the Privilege to be a family, I yield myself, I submit myself. Let only that which is of you prevail. Let the kingdom be expanded. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm a little nasal, so please forgive me. Title of the message is, A Threefold Manifestation of the Kingdom of God. Threefold Manifestation of the Kingdom of God. Nicole, thank you. Let me just register my thanks. Amen. Many years ago, I was reading a Canadian Newsweek magazine where one of the main articles led with the statement, Canada is becoming more spiritual. When I read that, I was pleasantly surprised. Now, um, I'm unlike Pastor Aaron, who could speak without notes. Um, most of the time. I need to look at my notes. Is that okay? All right. Um, So it stated that Canada is becoming more spiritual. And um, as I said, I was pleasantly surprised, and I was like, thank you, Lord, until I started to read through the article. It was only then I saw my mistake with the interpretation. It did not say that Canada was becoming more Christian or even more religious, it said it was becoming more spiritual. It went on to say how many people were exploring spirituality, including Islam and Sikhism and New Age and other forms of spirituality. And so this got me thinking, of all the spiritual religious options out there, which one is the one? Which one is that that is true? Um, between the feasts and the aces. Who is right? I was already a pastor, but it pushed me to to try to uh, explore this question. Is there a way to decide on a worldview that is both true, that is the best for human flourishing, whose God is provably supreme? And as I processed the question um, over time, I found myself being drawn to look at Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. And I felt that in there, Holy Spirit was, was um, beginning to answer me. So if you have your Bibles, run to Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Most of my references will be the New King James Version. And it reads, Therefore I remind you, Paul speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And here's the clincher, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what? Of power and of love and of a sound mind. As I read that, I felt that in there was an answer to what was ultimate truth and true divinity. I felt that it should be God should be proved through his manifest power, love, and sound mind. That, that the greatest supreme being should be the greatest in power, in love, and what comes to the mind. I later learned that this is one of the many triads um, in the Bible And some of you will be familiar with some of those triune expressions. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are created tripartite, right? Spirit, soul, body. Uh, The three parts of the Old Testament in the Hebrew Bible. The law, the prophets, the writings. The three leadership roles in the Old Testament. uh, Prophets, kings, and priests. Um, We have the first, second, and third heavens. We have the virtues that are stated in threes. Um, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, faith, hope, and love. And so there is this concentric three triads throughout the, throughout the Bible. And, and as I explored it, it seemed to suggest, and, and many have written to how, the Lord puts three together to establish structure, um, um, systems. It speaks of certainty and free speaks of completion. And, and so as I looked at that, um, I saw how Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse twelve it says, "Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him." But watch this: a threefold cord is not easily or quickly broken. And so uh, it keeps it keep driving home the idea that there is something about God's system of threes in the word. Um. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, Paul says, this will be the the third time I am coming to you. And he says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. And he is quoting and is drawing from Deuteronomy about things that should be established. Seek for a threefold confirmation or it works together as three. So, today I want to propose to you um, that there is this measuring stick by which people interested in what's true, excuse me, what's best for human flourishing, what can be proved spiritually as as the, the greatest. There is this measuring stick in Scripture where God is taking His reality and supremacy on these three foundations. It's not the only foundations, but these three working together, power, love, and sound mind or wisdom. So let's, let's get into this a little more. In the Old Testament, against when God is standing against pagan deities of the day, he proved himself true. He proved himself as the way and the life and the best. From manifestations of either power, either love, either revelation, wisdom, um, 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 thinking, or all three of them together. He showed his power, his love, and wisdom to Israel all through the record of the Old Testament. And when we come to the New Testament, uh, you will see how this triune virtue is presented together. Sometimes he does so overtly and other times more subtly. And for example, when we look at 2nd, um, 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14, each chapter is literally speaking to one of those virtues. So chapter 12, Paul outlines the fact that we have been given gifts and, and powers, if, so to speak, thank you. Um, we've been given gifts and powers, First Corinthians chapter 12, and he gives a list of them. Um, we know them as, as, as the nine spiritual gifts. Um, um, and they are highlighted by miracles and, and healings and, and signs and wonders, right? Then we jump to chapter 13, and it's all the love chapter. It's all about love, right? And then when we move over to chapter 14, we see how Paul is proposing wisdom on how to use the gifts especially the troublesome ones that involve the tongue, prophecy, and, um, and, and tongues, right? So when we look at that, we see these three working together. And you could trace them through the New Testament. And, and time doesn't allow me to just um, list through where we can draw these three working together. But, but I encourage you to, to um, seek it out. Um, or I can make the notes available if, if that would help. But these three are not only, they are working together, and they're not only how God shows his sovereignty and supremacy. It is also how God invites creation to know and interact with him. Power, through love, and through wisdom. Now, part of the challenge of Christianity is that even when there is a recognition of the three, sometimes its meaning, its fullness is, is sort of short-circuited. Maybe simply because we've never heard about it before or maybe, uh, like me, we're still processing, we're still exploring it, right? So, so let, let us look at it, um, I, I look at a base outline of what power, what love, and what sound mind or wisdom covers from the scripture. By the way, in an anthropological way, power speaks to the hand of God. Right, love speaks to the heart of God, and sound mind or wisdom speaks to the head of God. All right, so let's let's track for for a little while. Power, power when we look at power in the scripture, God's power and God's power in relation to us, it includes miracles, signs, and wonders. It is referencing the supernatural gifts of God, it covers how God overcomes known laws and exercises his dominion over the natural and the spiritual world, either directly or through his people. Power speaks to God, showing his omnipotence and preeminence in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth. Amen. But his power can be overt, coming forth in thunder and lightning, Uh, but it can also be almost unrecognizable in his still small voice, yet it's power. Uh, the proof is in the result and the impact of the God moment. Sometimes it's only after we've left we've realized that God's, God ministered to us, that God touched us. Amen? But it was power. Now, God intends for his power to be manifested in and through his children. And, 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 and for this, I want to borrow from a Dr. Mike Bagwell's explanation of God's power in his children. And he's basing it on Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. And, that, and it reads, "...that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power," and he's quoting old King James, "...which he wrought in Christ, which he, which he raised him from the dead, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places." Uh, Dr. Bagwell, he goes on to say, in these two verses are four Greek words that speak of power. Dunamis, and I'm hope, I hope I'm pronouncing it properly, and there may be some theologians there so you could um, pronounce it properly to the church after I leave, right? <laughs> so Dunamis, Kratos, Iskus, and Energia. Energia, all right? So let's touch on that for a moment. Dunamis speaks of inherent power, intrinsic power imparted to us by the almighty. Jesus said that all power has been given to me, therefore go. And which indicates that we have access to that power. We have miss. Amen, right? And then, when we jump to Energia, this speaks technically of an act of God whereby he puts, watch this, a holy work ethic deep down and inside each of his children. A holy work ethic. A passion that energizes our mind and our body. An energy that gets us to go beyond ourselves. Amen. How many would love to just have that activated today? Amen. Amen. Then he says, another Greek word of, that means power in those two verses is the word ischus, I-S-C-H-U-S. And it speaks of martial power, military power, combat readiness. We have this martial military power in us, with us, around us. Amen, saints. And then he says, Kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S. It refers to God's supremacy in us. His manifested power, power in use, power in gear, power being expended. I mean, I jumped on Pastor Aaron's uh, 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 vehicle when he picked us up. Uh, Well, afterwards, I was on on your um, what is it, Ford Expedition, right? And when I jumped on, and he turned it on, and I heard boom, boom, boom. I was like, yeah, that that's power. I I was like, "What size engine is this? Is it 4.7? Is it a V8? Is it a V6?" My son is into cars, uh, and 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 just the the sound, the feel of power, you get your heart pumping, right? How many understand that He has given us power? Amen. That that when when we open our mouths in praise, in worship, in the spirit realm, that the enemy has boom, boom, boom. The enemy has the, 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 the sound of the lion's roar. Amen? I mean, we sometimes, we sometimes uh, um, quote, um, the enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I, I, and I love what one, one preacher says. It says he's a roaring lion. It didn't say he is a victorious lion. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's roaring, he's making a noise, uh, he's threatening, but he's not even the lion that is in charge of the jungle. Because there is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. He's the head He he's the head lion, amen. When he steps in, the roaring lion has to back out, amen. We have, we have the power of God in us even when we don't recognize it Amen. even when we are not aware of it and sometimes religion dumps us down to what's already been given to us so I, I love the testimonies that I hear of, of kids one, there was one um, testimony I, I read some time ago of an 11 year old girl that got saved and she got saved into a right environment Amen. one like yours that spoke about the supernatural and it's, it's being, you know, real. And it's for today and it's, and it's available. And, and, and she was on a bus and here was this, this person that was deep in the occult and this person was, was, was exercising power in the bus. And this 11-year-old child, not knowing better, just know that she's a, a daughter. She just know that she's a child of the Lord and all of this is available. And she just rebuked and cast out right there. I'm like, I'm like, man, I wish I did not grow up in churchianity. Amen? I wish I didn't grow up in religiosity. That I have to unlearn certain things and I have to struggle to learn certain things. Amen? But he has given us, his children, power. Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, Christ that dwells in us. He, Holy Spirit dwells in us, that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in us. And so, one of the foundational pillars, one of the fo- foundational layers of, of who we are called to, to, to to how we are called to represent Him, as as individuals, as a church, is through His power, amen. And and time again, does not allow us to explore. But you you've you've access, man. I am I, I am vacillating between boldness and um and um timidity because of who have stood on this, on this place. I mean, um, Pastor Aaron has gifted. Some of you have watched and like, whoa. And then you have persons who come in like Les Hetland. And I'm like, oh, Lord, Father, have mercy. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, amen. amen. Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. So, so, so Power. Then love. I mean, somebody say love. Love is the principal virtue. It is the main way people are called to experience Father God and represent Father God. It is the cornerstone. It is the great commandment. Luke chapter 10, verse 27, it says, So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself, right? Amen. Now, you will recognize that even in the command on love, the great commandment, we are charged to love God in a way that reflects our heart, our head, and our hand. Our heart is stated clearly. Our head is reflected by the mind, for all your mind. Love the Lord for all your mind, right? Right? And our hand is, I'm talking about strength, is reflected by loving God with our strength. Now, who is the Christ follower, the kingdom church, supposed to love? And this verse and the parable Jesus gives to explain who a neighbor is, it gives four objects of love, right? Number one, God Himself, to whom our greatest expression of love is obedience. Even to the point of sacrifice unto death. Amen? amen? Loving God is not just singing, I love you, Lord. Amen? It is obedience, even unto death, right? Jesus spoke of loving God being attached to the cross as well, right? And the cross, we know, is, is death. We may not be called to literally give our lives, amen? And, and, and I pray I, I don't have to... Um, and, and I say, Lord, if I have to, I will, but we only, we only know some things in the moment, right? Uh, and so we, we may not literally have to give our lives, but God may challenge our love for him on how much we are willing to sacrifice our time, our treasure, and our talent to his cause, right? And so, so we have, when he says love, it's stating here to love the Lord with everything. Then it says, love our neighbor. This starts with, with one another. Those who are part of the household of faith. And such love actively desires and pursues the flourishing of the other person, the flourishing of their spirit, their soul, and even their body. But of course, with a focus on their spiritual health. That is principally what kingdom love is based on. It's not how many... Um, um, nice platitudes we can give. is not how much um, physical gifts we can make available. But it's first and foremost uh, uh, um, being in a place where you are um, advocating for the person's flourishing spiritually first. Amen? Amen? Then we stand, it says, to love as you love yourself. Right? As you love yourself. And this is not speaking of a self-centered, egotistical view of oneself. It is referring to understanding and walking in Father God's love for us and who he says we are as sons. Interesting. Over the washroom, it didn't say men. It says sons. <laughs> I thought that so interesting. All right? But understanding who we are as sons and daughters, Right? princes and princesses and kings and priests, his his beloved his chosen and on and on we have to um, there is this journey that we are invited on to know how much he loves us no one else can love you like I love you Lord I this past couple of days that's just been uh, because you love me What does that mean? I mean, we can never fully, fully explore the meaning of his love for us. But we will never become victorious, never become full of life if we don't um, continue on that journey of finding out. Amen? Amen. Amen. (sighs) Let's keep on. And then it says to love our enemies. Yeah? I didn't see that in the great commandment. Ooh. Lord, who is my neighbor? Well, let me tell you a story. Right? There was this guy that got robbed, beaten up, left there, and then you had the priest pass by, right? Spiritual leader who is supposed to, to care for the person of his, his same ilk and, and a fellow Jew, and he just passed by. I cannot, I cannot be bothered. I am too busy. Um, um, and all kinds of reasons. Then another same, you know, uh, um, another Israel, the leader that's supposed to care, that's supposed to make time and so forth, and he just passes by. And here comes a Samaritan, considered colloquially, considered ethnically, dogs, who puts his life on the line because somebody might just pass by and see that, hey, a bleeding Jew and a Samaritan, you must have done something. We will take revenge, right? Not waiting to get an explanation, not asking for the facts of the matter, right? And not only does he give his time, not only does he put his resource on the line after, he says, whatever the bill comes to, I'll take care of it. But we see also he puts his life on the line for the care of somebody that considers him less than human. And Jesus says, which one of them do you think really loved? Who is the neighbor? You know, we have this challenge because we have been trained in our, in our social experiences to if somebody treats us bad, it's only natural to respond in kind. In kind. But hear what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 5, 44. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. What? You know, in my culture, um, um, we 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 have this um, thought of an eye for an eye kind of way of life, right? Um, especially in our history, and also um, even in our religious traditional upbringing. If somebody was, because we 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 heavily come from a Catholic influence, Roman Catholic influence, and. Our, our society was heavily Christianized, right? Okay? Um, and so if there were people, and there were, who were involved in the occult, the reaction of those who were um, religious is, hey, that lady, she's a witch. She's a there That's a, a, a Creole expression. And either stay away from, from her if you get a chance, stone her, right? Thank God I never saw that one, but it was part of the expression. And then when it came to our prayer life and our our um understanding as Christians, how do you treat the Obiaman, the the, Gadir, the the witch, and so forth? You pray and you say, God, kill them. You know? Um they're not worthy to live. They're wicked. How can they be doing things to people and taking advantage of people and all of that, right? And, and that is what literally was the theological presentation of how you respond. Theological? Yes. Because the Bible says, suffer not a witch to leave. You know that, old, that King, the um, Old Testament? And, and here. I'm in ministry and very early on I, I get connected to Global Legacy and, and, and watching online certain and, and getting a different perspective and I'm like wait for you, but the word says love your enemies bless those who curse you do good to those who hate you pray for those who spitefully you. Jesus good Samaritan Jesus, word, vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord the right of redress is, is, is his and so, and so here am I. Okay, Lord, I surrender to that. I pray into that. I begin to teach and process that. And, and now I'm in a sort of leadership role in my, in my fellowship on the island. And I have to represent that. And I still have leaders, other pastors, some of them far more senior than I in ministry. And we have to have a debate on something so basic as the great commandment. Something so basic. And I'm like, how will we be victorious? How can we fully represent the kingdom if we don't get in love? Yeah. Yeah. If we're not getting love. Amen. Love, you don't only love those who love you. He's challenging us to love everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And that, of course, is not, self, <laughs> it's not self-expressed. not self It's not self-generated. It's Holy Ghost-empowered. And not because it's difficult, we say, we defer to some scripture that is no longer applicable. Jesus fulfilled the law. but we, we surrender to what Jesus taught, what the New covenant the new covenant established. Amen? Love is how we are called to relate with God, how we are called to relate with one another, how we are called to relate with the world, and anything less is missing the essence of the kingdom. And the fact is that loving God, loving people, is the leading requirement of the Christian faith. In fact, love should supervise power. Love should supervise power. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, 2, 3. I know you know it, let's read it. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, I, am a, uh, uh, I speak heavenly languages as well, but have not love. I have become sounding brass or what? Clanging cymbal. Clanging cymbal. I'm just making noise. Though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith. Who, who understands all? All have all faith. I mean, you in God mode, if you could do that. You're on that level, right? so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Cheese and bread, I am nothing. He goes on to say, verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, I become a martyr. Can I do all of that and yet not have love? The scripture suggests the possibility. And he says, and have not love, it profits me nothing. I, 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 I packed there for a moment because I, I'm just reminding you of something I believe you already know, of the centrality, the, 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 the importance, the value, the preeminence of love defined God's way. Love defined by the word of God, not by our tradition, not by our, uh, our Christian history, but by how he defines it. Amen? So the second second layer is love. Woo. Number 3, sound mind. <laughs> sound mind, I propose that this speaks first and foremost to having first and foremost to having the mind of Christ. Which scripture tells us that we as children of God, we all have access to is already in us. It also speaks to having the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know Ephesians chapter 1, right? Sound mind also calls for in-depth, in-depth Bible and theological exploration, where we study to show ourselves approved unto God, workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Its sound mind also uh, includes what what I call, uh, maybe others have dubbed it that way, um, the Isicca anointing. First Chronicles chapter twelve thirty-two. I'll read it in the NLT. It reads this way. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. We are invited. We have access. There is already an inheritance in us that we can see what's happening around us, understand it, and know what to do. We have access to that. Amen. Amen. We may have to cultivate it. We may have to store it up, but we have access to it. We are already linked into it. Amen, matrix? <laughs> so, 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 sound mind, wisdom, the mind of Christ, understanding, kingdom revelation. The aim is to have the, a relationship with Holy Spirit where it gives us eyes to see, ears to hear, and heart to understand what is happening around us from heaven's perspective. Whether it is in our family, in our sphere of of, of, of our work life, um, our our vocation, our community, our nation. You have heard of the term street smart, right? God wants us to make God wants to make us spirit smart. Amen. The ability to understand the natural and spiritual realm from his perspective. Sound mind. Wisdom from his perspective. Now part of the problem with with, with Christianity. Part of the problem is that we may find ourselves as a denomination, as a local church, where we emphasize one area to the exclusion of others. Uh, we f- sometimes fail to explore the full garment of, of, the, of the kingdom of God. Some churches are heavy on love, loving people, and see no manifest power, or at least they don't even pursue the manifest power of God. Some are heavy on knowledge and, and so they have PhDs, ABCDEFGs <laughs> at the end of their names but they, 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 they struggle to understand you know, the basic elements of the presence of God. Some emphasize certain truths while relate, related truths are rejected. For example, R.C. Sproul Writing in defense of his denominational focus on the cross, he states, In a very real sense, the cross crystallizes the essence of the ministry of Jesus. He goes on to say, This was the view of the Apostle Paul. In his first letter to the church at Corinth, Paul made an astonishing statement about the importance of the cross to the entirety of the Christian faith. Now, he goes on to to quote, and you could put it up, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, right? So he's quoting here, and let let me read it. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Leave that up there. He goes on to say, Paul was a man who had the equivalent of two PhDs in theology by the time he was 21 years of age. A man who wrote with great insight on the whole scope of theology. Nevertheless, he said that, nevertheless, he said that the focal point of his teaching, preaching, and ministry among the Corinthians was simply, was simply Jesus Christ and him crucified. And then his, the last part of quote I took from him, uh, from Aristotle he says, Paul was saying that in all of his teaching, in all of his preaching, in all of his missionary activity, the central point of importance was the cross. Amen. End quote. Now friends, most of us would celebrate that statement, right? And and our our Christian teaching and tradition uh, causes us to say amen to that. And there is an aspect of amen to that. But the question I have is this. Was this really Paul's focus? He says, nevertheless, the focal point of his teaching, preaching, and ministry among the Corinthians was simply Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul was saying that in all his teaching and preaching, all of his missionary activity, the central point of importance was the cross. I, I, I struggle with that because in the very next verses, Paul says, watch this, verse 3, very next verses, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3, Paul says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, right? We there? Verse 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration Somebody say demonstration. demonstration. Demonstration of the spirit and of power. And please take the note that it said of the spirit and of power. Some newer versions conjoined and say of the spirit's power. No, 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 no. It is intentional of the spirit and of power because the holy spirit is more than this power watch verse 5 that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but where in the power of god, power of god. however he goes on to say i go up to verse 7 the whole the whole chapter is very interesting to, to giving a picture of what Paul is really focusing on, what he is saying to, to, to go after. Verse, verse 6 However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who um, are coming to nothing but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory. Full stop, stop there. Later on he says, but we have it's no longer a mystery, we have access to it. Alright? In the same chapter. That's the point I'm trying to, to, to drive to. The kingdom of God builds, it builds on the foundation of the cross, but it does not stay there. While the cross is indeed the crux, as we calls it the crux, uh, 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 uh. while the cross is indeed this, the cross is the pivot. The cross gave access, it gave access to what Paul Right away and rightfully, what Paul is pointing out, the cross gave access. Amen. Let me, let me let me let me get this. The cross gave access to what Paul right away highlights from verse 3. We know, we know. I have a beautiful cross, I put one, it's not our tradition, but I put one in our church last year in, in, in the house because we were like, we need to bring people and let people see and, 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 and get to the cross. But how many understand so many uh, believers and, 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 and fellowships, they take people to the cross. But then the cross has a front side and it has a back side. Amen. We go to the cross... And, and, and we lay it at the cross and, and, and we recognize what Jesus did. He sacrificed and died and, and we thank him for forgiving us and we access his forgiveness and so forth. But Jesus didn't want us to just see the front side. He wanted, he wanted us to see what he did when he died on the cross. But after that, he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay dead. He resurrected and once and, and the cross is the pivot, whilst the, the cross is the gate, the, the, the cross is the door, we are not called to just stay in the, in the outer court. We are not just called to stay in, in the, the... I'm forgetting the second part. We are called to go into the holy of holies. Where presence is, where power is, where supernatural revelation is, where connection with the angelic is. It's not just words. my preaching to you, Paul says, was not just with words, but in the spirit and of power, in supernatural, in the full expression of the kingdom of God. In fact, he makes this very uh, strong statement, 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Woo! Okay. Say that at some churches. So while some focus on the things that the cross crucified, they fail to capture what the resurrection gives access to. Amen. Uh, 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 We have... Access to the supernatural love of God, the supernatural power of God, the mind of Christ. And, and, and these are the given for the purpose of strengthening our faith, building our faith, but also to re-present God. Re-present God as the ultimate source of life, light, truth, and reality. The whole body... So when it comes to who... All the options, all the choices. Who is the ultimate? Who is God? I want to suggest to us that God, one of the ways He chose to answer that question is by manifesting Himself with power, love, and that which is sound mind, wisdom, revelation, that that whole area. Trying to see the time. Here's what. I'm coming to a close. I don't know if you do that in your tradition. I, I, I've tried to break it off me, but in our tradition, we have like three or four closes. Yeah. Amen. But, but I, I won't do that. I won't do that to you. What, what's that? Welcome <laughs> <You know, no. laughs> and, and we get heavily influenced we get heavily influenced by the, um, the North Amer- American black culture and, and the African culture. In fact, when, when years ago, when I started exploring worship, um, uh, Bethel Hillsong, song, before that, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman and so forth, I, I was called we, we were called the white Church." And we were like, "This boy has, he has a problem. Today, all over the island and beyond. We worship. We have blended worship from reggae to soca to to, to hill song, right? <laughs> Amen. But 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 um, you know, the black North American and African does still have its way. So if I give given to that side, I could go like, and I'm coming to a close. Amen. But, but, but I'll keep it, I'll keep it. <laughs> My first, and hopefully only close. You know, while, while every child of God has access to all of God's and, and is entitled to, to, to God's power, love, and wisdom in increasing measures, building a mature testimony of God in the world requires the body of Christ working together. The latter part, of first Corinthians chapter 12 it talks about the division of gifts and the necessity of them working together now you are the body of Christ members individually god has appointed these in the church apostles prophets teachers miracles then gifts of healings administrations helps varieties of tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all, prophets? Are all teachers are all workers of miracles do all have gifts of healings do all speak with tongues do all interpret the obvious answer is no. So how does that work? Mm. The paper is easier. I'm trying, to rush. I'm trying to stay within the time, right? So how does that work where power, love, and wisdom is concerned if, if not everybody majors in all of them? That's the answer. Every believer does experience and has access to God's power, love, and mind as graces and can grow in the experience of those graces. On the other hand, what seems to happen is that the Holy Spirit would gift each believer, just speaking about the three, to major in one of these and minor in the others as ministry representations. So the purpose of that major is to bring it to the body of Christ so that as the body, we strengthen each other and also build, use it to build his kingdom. Amen? amen? And so once all of us can flow uh, in the power, love, and wisdom of God, there's an area that he wants you to, to major in, to focus in, right? And, and, and if a situation needs you to, 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 to work, let's say you, healings is what the Lord has you, but there's a, a need in a place and he can find nobody else, oh, he can easily use you, amen? amen. All right. And, but, but it shows us the value and the need for the body of believers. The superstar, I have everything and need no other, is a lie. So how do we activate and grow in the PLW triad? I call it PLW. Time doesn't allow, but here's a summary. I believe two of the keys can be found in back-to-back verses. Watch this. The last verse of 1 Corinthians 13 and the first verse of 1 Corinthians 14. Talk about how the Lord does fit things. You know, 1 Corinthians 13... the last verse, Paul says, and now abide faith, hope, love. Watch this. These three, right? But the greatest of these is love. As a summary, take this for you to process, chew on it, throw away the bones. I don't think it has much bones, but faith, hope, and love. I believe this is the inner posturing of the soul that we need when, when approaching God's manifest power, love, and wisdom. Amen. The inner posturing of the soul. Amen. Faith, hope, love. And, and time again, there's now to break what faith applies and, and, and what hope means, right? Um, the inner posturing. And then you jump to the very next verse. And we know that the, the scriptures were not written in blocks of chapters. So the very next sentence Paul was writing, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pursue, earnestly desire. And I see this as the visible actions that proves that one values the power, love, and wisdom of God in and through their lives. If we value it, his power, we value his love, we value the mind of Christ, then it would mean that we pursue. We earnestly desire. We go after not with anxiety. Not with begging. My tradition, maybe some of you, begging, begging, please God, please God, please God. Until recently, I probably learned that where well, I am probably from Randy Clark somewhere. Hey, he loves you. He's the good father. He's the ultimate father. He, he, he wants you to have, it is his good pleasure to give The kingdom. And that should have been a lesson that I should have learned from my embryonic years as a believer. Two years into my walk with the Lord. It's been 30 years now. Two years into my walk with the Lord. A visiting minister from the States came and and the Lord was using him. He was gifted in somehow Leading environments where people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And and man, I saw I I was a youth leader and I saw the young people, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm there. And two o'clock in the morning we have to go and drop some of them at their home, right? And they're drunk. (laughs) And the second time he visited again It's happening, and I'm hungry. Pursue, earnestly desire. Right? I'm hungry, and myself and a couple others taking, dropping home, and I'm quarrelling with God. That's not fair. How they get in, I'm not getting. And here's a a stupid statement. And God, when they have questions about the Bible, me they are (laughs) asking. Like, duh, what does that qualify for anything? You know. I remember a Wednesday, I say, I'm fasting the day, I'm fasting. And then that night, I got filled with the Spirit. But, but here's the point. He came and he says, okay, all, the, all those, before he finished, asked what the question, all I heard was, all those, he finished his sermon, all those, people said I pushed them out of the way. I don't remember. <laughs> I got to the front, there were seven of us when I looked, and I'm like, I didn't know if it was an altar for salvation, whatever. I'm... Thankfully, he said, for um, being filled in the, in the Holy Spirit. He says, do you know he's a father? Do you know it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom? Do you know he says it's a gift? Yeah. He's already given it? So what do you do if it's given and it's a gift and he's a good father and he wants you to have it? I should have learned my lesson about resting even whilst I'm seeking I should have learned that for God for over 20 years. And so, when he said that, he says, well, go ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, please bless me. God. And he says, stop, 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 stop. You're saved, right? You're a child of God, right? You understand? It's a gift, right? It's already given. He wants you to have it. It's already given. What do you do when you have been given a gift? It's been handed to you. What do you do? Uh, You receive it. And when you receive it, what do you say? What do you do? You say, thank you? Well, go ahead. Receive it. Say thank you. Good. And I was like, "Uh, that makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) But, But you're hungry. When you're hungry, you do almost anything, right? So I'm there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And on the third, thank you, a doubting thank you, but a hungry thank you. On the third thank you, as I'm I'm saying thank you, I heard Shagarabasa. And as I heard that, my mind is going, what's this? And in the same moment, presence that coming. Now I always used to say, sorry Aaron, my God, please forgive me people. I always used to say, um, you see all of, you know in our culture, black preachers, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lord, receive, receive. (laughs) My goodness, you limboing because you have to fall. (laughs) Right? So I always used to say, when, I, when I'm getting, I want nobody to touch me, nobody to throw me down. Right? <laughs> Thank God he did not even go about, right? Because I had this, it had to be God. And so, once, presence start coming, and then I start feeling myself going. We had, we had railings back then, right up there, because of course back then, you know, this is the Holy of Holies, you can't just, you just walk right. So we had railings, and drapery, so I feel myself going back, and presents coming, words coming, and I was like, in the same moment I'm going like, nobody throwing me down. <laughs> Nobody's there. And so I'm going like, uh, neo-matrix, right? So, so I'm grabbing And my friends tell me that I landed so hard that my head dented the concrete. (laughs) I felt nothing, but I was... Glorious woman. I was... I didn't know where I was, but it was good. (laughs) When When I got up, I looked around, I saw a line going up for ministry. I don't know how long later it was. A line going up for ministry. I'm like, I'm going for more. <laughs> Before I got there, gone again, right? And then, all right, however long. That, now it's like one o'clock in the morning. And, and, and so everybody's there in the afterglow, in the presence, right? And so he says, well, boy, it looks like we have testimonies today. Anybody want to share testimony? I'm sitting there. I had a spiritual mom at the time. She's looking at me. I'm like, um, <laughs> she's like, you need to testify. <laughs> she said, "Boy, I've been praying for you for so long. You need to testify." No, <laughs> no. She gives me one elbow in my in, in my ribs. I go like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, okay, go ahead, young man. And I stood up, and I'm like, well, well. Now I know what I want to say, it's formulated in my mind, but every time I open my mouth, well, now I'm confused, I'm trying to speak, and I'm going like, well, <laughs> well, and now it's like 1.30 in the morning, and old Sister Law, who probably now in her 90s, back then, well, she was not 90 back then, but now it's probably the 90s, she Start laughing. and all of a sudden there's an eruption of laughter in the church 1.30 in the morning and we were just like I don't know for the next hour people are just laying and laughing and we're just there and the Lord ministered I don't know why I had to go there it was not part of that but let me try to go back to this what is his gifts he passionately is offering it and his gifts include his power, his love, his mind. And he wants us to have it. And to in- we'll never fully explore it, never fully capture it, but he wants us to increasingly get into that. And as he said at the beginning, I really do believe that you, because of your spiritual resource base, because of your experience, you are literally in a good place to steward that, represent it, and, 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 rep, and put it out that the kingdom of God is manifested, can be seen, experienced. God puts a stick, stick in the ground to be divinity, deity, through his unmatched power, his unmatched love, and his unmatched mind. And I pray that you, you would individually run after that because even in the journey, It's better than not pursuing at all. Amen. Amen.